What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 67 of the Tucson Pinball Podcast. Welcome to Wayne's World. So, uh, disaster has struck. And um, if you're in the, the Tucson area, you're probably aware of this, even if you aren't into the pinball scene. Um, but yeah, so uh, there's there's some big shakeups going on. But uh, yeah, so Tucson Pinball is going to have to uh, adapt a little bit. Um, but anyways, let's do let's do a little bit of a backstory, why don't we? And then uh, we'll kind of kind of tie in everything with where we are and where we're going. So uh, Tucson Pinball started mid late, well, so mid 2015 officially as like a business, and we got our license from the city and stickers and everything like that. Uh, we started. Um, I think in August of 2015, we actually put some games on location, and but prior to that, so Tucson Pinball exists because golf and stuff exists, and that's not a dig at golf and stuff. Um, so I had started running a bi-weekly tournament at golf and stuff, and I turned that into a circuit, a series, whatever it was, with like an... A, a little bit of standings throughout the year, um, and this was before I was I was a little bit wise to um, a good way of doing this, a better way of doing this, and so because it's it's on the IFPA webpage. If you go find it, um, all the the past stuff. I don't know if they ever drop any of those off, or if it's harder to search, or if they only keep like the top you know year or two um, that's currently going on um, in the. The list of things, but it's it's in there somewhere. Whether it's archived or you can find it somewhere, I don't know. But the uh, the Tucson biweekly circuit or something, I don't know, whatever I called it. But anyways, how it worked was basically exactly how I do um, the city standings right now. Uh, we would meet at golf and stuff on like the second and fourth, whatever. I don't remember what day it was. I think it was actually Wednesday. Um, cause that would carry forward into future, uh, events over at TISC. And at some point I had to change from Wednesdays to Thursdays because of scheduling stuff. Uh, and now it just kind of is what it is. It's Thursdays. So I'm, I'm pretty sure, but I'm not positive, uh, that it was Wednesdays and we would meet on, I don't know which ones, <laughs> let's just call it the second and fourth. Um, and we would play, I was using Brackalope. Um, does anybody still use Brackalope? Does anybody remember Brackalope? Um, it's a great, uh, bracket software. And I think it had maybe a couple other, uh, ways to set up formats, but, um, we would do, oh, was it just single game, double elimination? And there was like a winners and an elimination bracket, something like that. I don't know. Either way, um, <clears throat> we couldn't stay all night because, uh, during during the school year, uh, we would start at six ish or so, and then during the school year, I think golf and stuff closes at nine, uh, and then when it's like summer break, they open it up till ten o'clock. So like summertime, we never really had to worry about running out of time, um, but during the school year, we did. And when they say they close at nine, they're like switching off breakers at nine o'clock, and it's like y'all better be done. <laughs> Um, and they, once they kind of realized that we were there and we were doing stuff and we were kind of not going to get in the way of their like closing duties and whatever, you know, cleaning, maintenance, whatever that they have to do when, when the games are off and people are out, um, they, they were very gracious and they, 
they would turn off all the breakers, but whatever the pinball machines were on, and they would let us finish up. And you know, I'd go over and I'd talk to you know whoever was there, and it's like we're we're almost done. Like I swear, we're almost done. Because um, you know, pinball pinball's always on time. Pin pinball is punctual. Um, not in Tucson, anyways. Not my events. <laughs> um, and typically, pinball's going to run late as opposed to finishing up early. That's that's just kind of the way it is, right? Um, so anyways, and it was it was a pretty pretty good setup, pretty good situation for the headcount we were getting. Um, it was anywhere from four to eight or so, which is welcome to Tucson. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and they had, I think the last lineup that I remember them having when we were doing tournaments there uh, was Rolling Stones, Transformers, Star Trek, and I remember talking to Robert when I drove by and it said up on the little marquee, it's not an electric marquee, like it's it's probably 15 feet in the air and it's using, you know, the individual stencil letters that slides in right underneath the sign and it says Walking Dead Pinball is here or something like that. I was doing some errands on a on a weekend or whatever and I drove past and we knew it was on the way, but we didn't really know about when it was going to get there or whatever even though we we would bug the game room manager a little bit we would chat chat him up a little bit um and he's just like i i don't really know i've ordered it i know it's you know it's been paid for and who knows because they have to i don't know i think they buy through betson which not saying betson's bad or like anything like that just saying that you know they they're a little bit bigger of a of a company you know, and even though they are a family entertainment center, like they still are a, a business and there's not one person doing everything. So sometimes, um, you know, you, you play telephone <laughs> and to finally get to like the game room manager and you've already, you know, it takes three people to go from the buyer, you know, whoever cuts the POs to the game room manager. And somewhere along the way, the, the message gets changed at every step. So, you know, he, he knew it was coming. He knew it was paid for, but he had no idea when. And so, yeah, I remember um, I, I saw that, and I, I don't remember if I called Robert or I, I pulled off into the next parking lot and I texted him because by the time I had seen the sign, you've already missed the entrance, <laughs> um, the, the direction I was coming from anyway. So, you know, so we we remember when, <clears throat> when uh, that showed up, and uh, every single one of those games – always stayed on the version of code that uh, that they arrived in because um, updates aren't a thing, right? We don't update code. That's not even who, who what. So anyways, yeah, and the current lineup um, is actually that Walking Dead is still there because a couple years of COVID, they didn't get any budget to update stuff, which, you know, that's certainly understandable. It's kind of a bummer, but um, yeah, that Walking Dead is still there. That's in the far left position, and they... Their their whole maintenance and cleaning basically boils down to please don't break until you move to the end of the line and we replace you with something else. Um, so Walking Dead is on the far left. Uh, what's next to it? Uh, Wizard of Oz, which that's broken often. Um, and then what's after that? Stern Star Wars. And then the Beatles. And again, like if you just want to go bat a ball around and, you know, put some money in and the game will kick out a ball and you can play for a while and there's some ball save. There's, there's not much, uh, man, it's, it's a pretty tight tilt on star Wars for whatever reason, but, uh, that's always been that way. But yeah, if, if you want to go bat a ball around on, on those games, um, and you don't expect anything more than that, then knock yourself out. And looking at the lockdown bar on the walking dead, I mean, that thing has a lot of plays on it. <laughs> um, when I, 
when I got my ACDC Pro, I brought bought it from a guy that had bought it at a very, uh, very low rate. <laughs> wow. He to- he actually told me um, what he paid for it, and I was like, I'm not even mad. Like I'm I'm amazed. That's wow. You know, so he he made his money on that for sure. But um, anyway, so when I got my my ACDC Pro, I bought it from a guy who had bought it from a smoke shop who they they keep their games on free play and cleaning and maintenance is not super high priority. As long as it pretty much mostly works and keeps the customers happy, then, you know, that's that's kind of their their goal in life with those games. And, you know, if it's your game, it's your game. You do whatever you want with it. But um, when I got it, it had. 43,000 balls played on it, right? So you need 45,000 balls, presumably, you know, factoring in a couple extra balls here and there cuz let's be real, they're not they're not all that easy to get to on ACDC and um casuals at a smoke shop are more than likely not even going to get close to extra balls. So, uh 43,000 plays, almost 45,000, uh that came with the original code as well. I it again, that must be like Tucson pinball thing number 2. Not Tucson Pinball, but like Pinball in Tucson, right? We don't we don't update our code, and um, we just, like, don't have a whole bunch of pinball players, I guess. <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, um, I got the game with original code, and so you know those audits had never been uh, overwritten by a code update. And, yeah, so that's almost 15,000 plays. And the corners of the lockdown bar, they still look pretty close to factory and the corners of the lockdown bar over at uh golf and stuff on um on that walking dead like it's starting to wear through uh the the powder coat on it to the point that it's not like that crackly black uh finish that that stern tends to do um it's been like smoothed it's nice and shiny um, maybe about like the size of a quarter is like the, the vast majority of the area that you can tell has been affected. Um, so yeah, that thing's got, I, and maybe it's just like, you know, whatever, whatever kids have on their hands at, at golf and stuff, just, you know, cotton candy crystals, just like really, you know, grind into that and, you know, turn into sandpaper and maybe it's only got 10,000 plays on it, but I, I highly doubt that, um, I wouldn't be shocked if that thing has, I don't know, 30,000 plays on it, 25,000. Like, it's it's got to be an insane number, which, I mean, good for golf and stuff. They they probably have paid for that thing um, many times over. So, you know, that's that's good. So, anyways, back on track, um, Captain ADD over here. So, uh, golf and stuff is the reason why Tucson Pinball exists because um, cleaning and having, like, super shiny play fields are not, like – it's nice, obviously, um, but it's not the difference between, like, we're not going to play pinball here, like, at all, because there's nothing else to do over on, you know, let alone the east side, but, like, where else are you going to do that? Um, you know, and, like, I was actually bringing Windex and cleaning the glass, and uh, Robert and I actually convinced the game room manager a couple times to let us clean and wax the play fields, and now they're just super dirty again, you know. Uh, Mick Jagger, he has a blue shirt on Rolling Stones, and at one point he had, like, a charcoal gray shirt and, like, a severe case of the plague, and we got it down to the point where he had, like, some very mild spot issues on his blue shirt. It wasn't a perfectly clean blue shirt, maybe 
you know, somebody had splashed some oil or something. But um, it certainly wasn't like charcoal gray anymore. <laughs> so anyways, um, like the cleanliness, that wasn't really the issue. It was the maintenance and the fact that I never really knew what I was walking into. Um, I think there was at least one time when we, we had to disqualify two different games, and that was just kind of, you know, basically catastrophic. Um, and if Transformers wants to shoot two balls into the shooter lane like that Transformers infamously did, uh, then that's what it's going to do. And I don't even remember if the code at the time could factor in that, you know, if you just let one drain, um, it would it would be okay with that. I I want to say there was at least one game that, that when you did that, the resolve the two balls in the shooter lane, two balls in play situation, um, it just killed the ball. And so it's like, okay, well, and, and what do you do as a TD? Like, I don't have the keys. Like, you're going to nix an entire game just because, or an entire match because it kicked two balls out. And, you know, what? like it was, uh, it was just like, Oh, less than ideal. Let's let's call it less than ideal. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Robert and I um, we got to talking one day at work, and we were like, "Hey, um, I've got a game," and he was like, "You know, he's kind of, hey, I'm I, I got a game," and it's like, "Well, okay." And then I found out that um, that Gary was selling an ice fever um, for for Doug up in Phoenix. And Gary had had that at, at D&D Pinball for a while, and Doug was looking to move it, so he put it for sale, and um, I don't think I lowballed him, but I think I got a pretty fair price on it. Um, you know, because you start high when you list something, you start high, and you leave a little wiggle room, and I think I chewed through all the wiggle room and maybe a little bit more, but, um, you know, it was cool. So anyway, so now I have two games. You know, we have the, uh, the in the, the pantheon of, of pinball layouts and code, I have... Gottlieb's Super Mario Brothers, and also Gottlieb's Ice Fever. <laughs> and of the two, I think Ice Fever is probably way better of a, a tournament game because um, Super Mario Brothers is a terrible tournament game because you can't turn off the extra balls. Um, and Matt, it took Matt about a year to figure out like the way to play that game. And I was watching him do it at League one day. I was like, Ugh, I have to get rid of this game. Like this is. This is no longer viable in tournaments. Um, but it took a long time to get to that point. So anyways, um, so I had two games. Robert had at least one game. So he had a hook and that he bought from Eagle Vending in town, um, which is kind of interesting. You know, they, they're the biggest uh, vendor as far as sticker count, according to the city. I asked. They told me. Um, and, you know, they have onesie, twosie pinball machines, like, scattered around town. But they do, like, pool tables and jukeboxes and, you know, all that other stuff that make, makes way more money than pinball and it's way less maintenance. And um, so they, they, at one point in time, they listed some of their games for sale. And Robert picked up their hook. And I, man, I can't remember what his second game was. It might just have been Bride of Pinbot, but I'm not entirely sure. Because we started, <clears throat> so we put four games out at TISC. Um, that was, <laughs> to end that story, the, the starting of the collection, um, I've been playing roller hockey at TISC for several years at this point. I knew the owner, and I said, hey, Pete, there's two ping pong tables that are literally always folded up against this wall in the bar. Um, can you just put those somewhere? Because 
they don't make you any money actually. You know, you, you're just depending on people buying more beer as they're playing ping pong, but they don't actually make you any money. Um, I've got some pinball machines. Uh, let us put some games out here, and I'll run some tournaments, and we'll see how it goes. So he's like, yeah, sure, okay. So we started with four and expanded and expanded and expanded. And I've been running the Tucson Pinball League at D&D this whole time. And we need need eight machines, you know, to actually hold an event. Now we need nine, eight in the backup. And we got to a point where there was there was eight machines at Tisk, and it's like, okay, cool. Now Tisk is going to be the uh, the second location that we can alternate back and forth for uh, for Tucson Pinball League, and you know, add a little bit more variety, and and definitely add a little bit more coin drop um, from hosting league. So that was cool. Um, move the bi-weekly to TISC and man, that's gone through so many different iterations. Um, cause at one point it was an every weekly, <laughs> uh, we had, we had four Thursdays a month. And if there was a fifth Thursday, then, well, you know, enjoy your vacation, but, uh, you know, we'll see you next week. Um, yeah, so that was, that was kind of how things, the ball got rolling. And, and at this point, uh, I'm up to 10 pinball, pinball machines, uh, super checks, bubble hockey, which, you know, it's that man. That thing does really well when when travel tournaments come into town, um, and a couple ticket games that have been, they've been a. I think it's been a break even experience at least at this point. Um, it was something that I wanted to try, and you know, it's it's been fine. Like it's, it's worked. It's a little bit more tedious because my stupid price center thing doesn't work. <laughs> I bought this thing and I got it here and I did all the testing and everything was working at the house and then I you know typical pinball type story I moved it to Tisk and then now it it's not working and I haven't figured out what's going on so anyway so this is what what are we Wednesday February 22nd is it the 22nd something like that ballpark um so not yesterday Tuesday but a week ago Tuesday um because I play I play hockey there still um my kids in two leagues I'm in one league um I so I get email they email out your your game schedule a couple days in advance so on Tuesday I get an email from the rink cuz they have my email from you know the rink the the schedules that get sent out which that's fine and it said uh we're going to meet on Thursday so 2 days later um, at the rink to discuss what uh, new information we have received from the tribe. And now let's kind of fork into another another quick story, hopefully. <laughs> um, so behind Tisk is a movie theater that has been vacant for probably as long as I've been playing hockey. <laughs> I mean, it might have been active when I first started, but... I sure as heck wasn't paying much attention to it. Um, I never really remember any traffic coming in and out of that, so it's probably been closed for quite a while now. So, anyways, the uh, the tribe had bought that, and kind of the, the rumors that were going around that I, I kind of caught wind of at one point, um, and I've never checked this to know if this is actually true or not, but people were saying that if the tribe owns a property for 10 years, then they can convert that into tribal land, and because they own a movie theater, not like, I don't know, a closed-down Burger King, um, they have a lot of space, and they were going to turn that into a casino. And it's like, oh, okay. And then in 2019, um, I'm driving to the airport with my wife, and you know, it's like 4 in the morning, but she's still scrolling through, through Facebook, and she 
she stops um, because one of her friends is a commercial real estate agent, one of her friends from high school. And she's like, do you want to buy a rink? And I was like, huh, okay. I'm thinking it's just some random ad for like, you know, own an ice rink in Alaska, something like that. Um, and she, <laughs> at a light, she like holds her phone up and she's just like, uh, yeah, Tisk is for sale. And I was like, oh, all right. That's interesting. Okay. Um, that's a lot of money. I mean, they pay a lot in rent, I guess it looks like, because it had that information. Um, but it's like, yeah, okay, that's, man, that's cool. All right, whatever. Because um, in the listing, 2019, it says, you know, new building, or not new building, but building for sale. It had the price. It had the cap rate, which is a percentage. And that's basically, you know, if you buy it for X and you're getting a cap rate of Y percent, um, you can basically figure out how much, the tenant is getting is paying you in rent per year divide by 12 now you know your monthly income and so it's like oh okay wow um that's that's a budget right there um so then you know i'm not going to buy a rink for 1.8 million dollars that's how much it went for sale um and it's a 22,000 square foot you know empty warehouse style thing you know that they somebody said they purpose built this this building to be a roller hockey rink and I believe that. I thought it was a converted warehouse because based on the, the businesses in the area, but um, it's not. Uh, I think it's. I think that is true that it was, you know, purpose-built to be a roller hockey rink, and um, it's been there for like 22 years, I think the listing said. So the listing also said that uh, tenant has just signed a 10-year lease, um, and we're in 2019. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. So down the line find out the tribe has bought the building okay well we have a lease until 2029 so you know there might be some future planning but um we've we've got a couple years right and then uh this last thursday uh the tisk business owners not the building owners because the building everybody like it's just everything is tisk right like the building is tisk the the business is tisk <laughs> because that like it's it's almost one and the same except it's actually not but like that's just if you're saying i'm going to tisk like you're going to the building you're not talking about like the business inside the building that you know you're going to go play hockey at or whatever so it's just um conversationally it's just easier just to refer whatever it is to as tisk so and, and my oh my gosh my wife absolutely hates like that acronym being turned into a phonetic word <laughs> She's just like, and but it's Tucson Indoor Sports Center. Um, I'm not saying that every time either. You know, we're we're pinball. We do acronyms, right? So, anyways, find out the tribe has bought the building. Ten year clock has begun. Okay, I can live with that. On Thursday, we find out. Keep in mind, this is February. Um, the rink owner, not the rink owners, but the the hockey business owners. Um, are on the PA system and we're all standing out on the actual floor of the hockey. You know, I call it the ice. I call it ice because I play ice as well. And we're all standing out on the ice that's made out of linoleum. Um, <laughs> and um, and he's like, uh, the tribe recently informed us that um, we have until late May, early June, right? Yes. <laughs> um, late May, early June, and then we're done. And they're going to knock down the building in August. And we're all sitting there like, wait a second. That does not compute. <laughs> the math seems wrong. 
like May of 2029? No? Okay. Well, shoot. <laughs> so, and I think what really spurred this on was the fact that recently, um, again, if you're not in Tucson, you would not be aware of this, but recently a bill which was proposed in like 2021 or something like that um, to make 40 acres, the vast majority of it being like this movie theater and TISC and because TISC is on like 1.6 acres or so. And then there's other industrial buildings around, which apparently the tribe also owns, and they're just going to demo. And it's like a movie theater has like a pretty large property. Like you could make a casino there, and then you could be charging um, commercial real estate lease fees, you know, until the end of time on these other buildings. And they're sustainable. Like all the tenants, almost all the tenants, I think there's one unit that I've seen that like, a business stopped and became, you know, another business went in. But it's like their occupancy is really high percentage, which is what you want as a commercial real estate owner. And it's just like I, I don't understand the logic of some of this stuff. But I guess when you own a casino and it doesn't like it doesn't matter. But I, I think they could build a, an entire casino and a hotel um, in the, the lot that the uh, movie theaters at. So. Anyways, yeah, so that's fun. Um, so we have, and he said, he, he put it in hockey terms. He's like, we're going to finish out this season, which is uh, eight games guaranteed, and then playoffs. And typically it's like, um, well, in, in my, my league, there's only four teams. So everybody makes playoffs, and if you win, you'll play another game in finals. So everybody will play, you'll play ten games total, right? And one game a week, so ten weeks out. So we're going to finish out this season, which tonight I think we played our fifth game. So we're halfway through this season. Um, and then we get one more season, and then that's it. And that was that was pretty shocking. Because, um, yeah, I and I told, I was telling Kim, you know, what, what the potential might be, you know, going over the email. And I was like, if, if they're getting the boot, which I, I don't understand. Um, oh, anyway, so, yeah, the feds declared all this this 40-acre parcel, and it's not all just the movie theater Tisk area, but it's all tribal land now. So um, I'm willing to bet the fact that that's tribal land and not America anymore. Like, I don't even know how that works, really. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude or anything. I just, like, I, I don't understand, like, how – I mean, yes, I understand, like, the ownership changes and, like, they already owned – they paid for these properties. They own them, and now, like, there's a different designation. But as far, as far as I understand, like, that just makes it legal for them to put up a casino, you know. But um, anyway, so, like, I don't, I don't really understand – all the the fine details of all that stuff, obviously. Um, but I, there's still like six and a half years left on this lease, and it's like, um, does does the land designation does that like just void all the leases that all these commercial businesses have? Because there's like an injection molding place that has two different buildings. There's a a giant um, shredding company that has like four, five, six box box trucks, and then another. I don't know, probably 15,000 square foot facility and like a gated yard and stuff. And it's like, they've been there a couple of years now. And there's, there's several small things that are in there and it's, there's like, it's not all of that 40 acres, but it's a good chunk of it. That's for sure. So I don't know. And, and I'm sitting here going, well, like, could you, 
could you be a stick in the mud and just like take him to court and delay this thing? But like, what are you going to gain out of that? Like, you know, you know, the clock is ticking. So anyways, so as soon as they said that, like going into this meeting, it wasn't really a meeting. It was more of like an announcement because they were on the PA. Um, They did take some questions and they answered a couple things. And most of it was that I don't know, which is totally fair because they found out about this probably on Monday. And they they like took a day to be like, oh, no, and to get over the shock and then like compose an email and say, like, we have to get everybody together and let everybody know and, you know, kind of see what I don't know. Like, how do you how do you even like process that? Like, that would be such a struggle. So anyways, um, going into that before anything was going on, like on after I stopped freaking out on Tuesday, because it's like, well, you know what? This really sucks. Um but it's not like for sure the end, right? So I'm sitting there going, well, if I were them, I have three different options. I could just completely fold and say, okay, that's the end of roller hockey in Tucson. Um, that was a good ride, thanks. But these these guys have only owned the business side of things for not much longer than the building had been sold. I think they've only owned this place for like four years, you know? Or actually, it no, it's not even been that long because there was a – there was a different owner on a trial period, and he actually gave it back to Pete, said, this isn't really my thing, and then the current owners bought it. So they might have only been owners for two, two and a half years, maybe a touch longer. But, like, it was it was just before COVID or, like, during COVID that it, it changed hands to the current owner. So these guys have not had it very long. But but they have two kids that are, you know, in travel hockey, and, and they, you know, the dad coaches both the teams, and, you know, they – they're big into this. Like this is this is a big family thing. This is a big emotional investment for them. Like this is big for this family. So I wasn't expecting option number one to come true, which is just to throw in the towel and call it a day. Um, option two and three are almost the same. Option two is you find a space to lease and you know carry on. Um, and option three is you buy either a building or land and you put up a building and, um, you know, this is all public information. So it's not like anybody couldn't find this anywhere else, but, um, one point. Okay. So as long as I'm doing my math, right. So if anybody wants to check me, go for it. And if I'm wrong, sorry, but, um, so the building was for sale for $1.8 million with a cap rate of 7% per the listing. And, off of those numbers, I get what is it, one hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars a year in uh, in lease rent costs or whatever. Uh, you know, so divide that by twelve, and you're just just a touch over ten thousand dollars a month. And I'm sitting there going, you could, I think you could buy a lot, buy a two-acre lot, and put up a building. You know, let's. So this is it's a hundred by. Uh, it's 110 by 200 feet long, so 22,000 square feet. It's like you could you could make it just a little wider because, like, the, the walkway could – oh, my gosh. If you added, like, a foot <laughs> to that, you know. But, you know, let's say, let's say you go up to 25,000 square feet, right? So you could – and you could, again, customize, you know, where you want things. You know, the bar in this corner, the seating over here, the locker rooms over here, you know, obviously the rink. Um, and just kind of, you know, now you know what you know. You get a second chance at a building. Like, that's that's not normal, right? So you can, like, design another rink knowing what you know based off these lessons learned. So I was like, this is, this is like, the best way because you could probably buy and build and pay off in, like, 
10 to 12 years. And then you don't have to worry about anybody selling the building and kicking you out ever again, you know, or, or the next time after 10 years, your lease goes up and it goes up 30 to 50% or whatever. And then you're in this situation again in 10 years ish, you could just own this commercial real estate and you know, the business keeps on going. And now you're in the hole for property tax every year, you know, like you're free and clear on, on your monthly. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, we can, they can put that into their pocket, you know, or to a certain extent. And when you do finally call it a day, you've got a million and a half, two million, three million dollar building, whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's that sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> I actually entertain the thought for half a second. It's like, no, where the rink has to be, like, that's that's a long drive for me, and I don't really want to do that. I like my job. You know, even if you dangle that two million dollar carrot in front of my face after two years, it's like, nah. I really like my job and running a rink is that's got to be kind of stressful ebbs and flows ebbs and flows so i was really excited when when they kind of presented option two and three as the way that they wanted to go they hadn't really decided on what to do because obviously they have to look around and see what's available because you can't just say you know abracadabra here's a two acre lot boom in the perfect location because you know there's just not dirt absolutely everywhere there's a lot of dirt out there but not all of it's in the exact spot you want so um, that's that's good. Um, now it just comes down to the timing as to, like, can they find something in a couple months or six months? Or, like, how long are we going to be without a facility? Uh, and then the next the next bigger concern is where exactly is this thing going to be? Because um, right now I'm driving 30 minutes uh, to get to my tournament location. And if it was closer than 30 minutes that would be really nice for my my maintenance attempts um i could get there a little bit more easily and more often and um you know i i try to do my best to keep the games all running and everything and sometimes i'm winning and sometimes i'm not um but my biggest concern is that it's going to go a little bit further away and I, I don't know it's like are you okay i'm willing to go 30 minutes am i willing to go 40 minutes it's like at 40 minutes i'm at ina and, you know, that's Catalina Brewing. That's where Ben and, and Dave and, and Dan have um, have their location. And it's just like now it's like I'm stepping on their turf. And it's like I'm already kind of out of my neck of the woods anyways. And it's like I don't know. So it's going to boil down to um, short term. Um, we're going to pull the games at some point and put them somewhere yet to be determined. Um, I've actually already been approached by one of the hockey dads being like, so uh, when this all shakes out, um, let's talk about Ghostbusters. I'd like to rent that. <laughs> you know, so Ghostbusters might be spoken for. And I think Jake wants Metallica at the house, which that's going to make John upset. But John's not going to have any place to play it anyways. Um, but, yeah, so I think I'm going to bring Metallica home just so Jake can play because he's kind of getting into that. Um, and, yeah, after that, I have no idea what's going to happen. So um, we we will have to see on that front. But, um yeah, this this kind of sucks, but uh, it's not the absolute end because I still have hot rods with four machines, and I mean I'm I'm not I'm not throwing in the towel or anything, and you know I'm I'm actually looking at you know what what my options are. I mean, shoot, I I don't even know if there's going to be space at the new building for pinball machines. Like we have a really good relationship, and and I you know I, I chat with the owners every time I'm there. You know we have a good relationship both on the business side. Plus I'm, you know, we're a hockey family. We're there on a regular basis. It's not like I'm just some person that shows up, you know, and, and empties out the machines and cuts them a check and disappears for another three months. Like, never mind. 
but uh yeah so we'll we'll see how it goes but um um i'll I'll keep everybody in the loop and you know if you watch the news i'm sure you'll see a little bit more of the timing but yeah it'll be a sad day when when tisk is gone and uh, we'll have to see what what the future brings but uh till that day party on party on wayne party on garth it's wayne's world wayne's world party time excellent and we're clear